1: Ole Miss fans, fasten your seatbelts. This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. It's your chance to talk Ole Miss sports with Rebel coaches and your host, Chuck Roundsville of the Ole Miss spirit, covering Ole Miss sports for 35 years. Are you ready? We're ready. Are you ready? The lines are open at 888-808-8637. This is light,
2: fellas.
1: Now, let's talk Ole Miss sports with Chuck.
3: Howdy toddy, Rebel Nation. Welcome to the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The uh, February January 28th edition, right? You're right. right. Uh, Yancey Porter's got some personal issues going on tonight. He was sick over the weekend, and he's taking care of a Elderly grandmother today. So I'm joined by another cohort from the, uh, old Miss Spirit, Mr. David Johnson. How you doing, David? I'm good. Always glad to be here with you, Chuck. Oh, man. I appreciate it. I, I, I need a sidekick. I'm not good enough to do this <laughs> by myself.
4: I'm good at getting kicked
3: on. So let's roll. <laughs> I hear you. Y'all had a pretty good, pretty nice little recruiting weekend. We'll discuss after the first break. Uh, and, uh, you know, obviously the basketballs, in full swing and we'll have kermit davis on here at 6:15 for a short segment and then at 6 30 we'll have carl lafferty that's all brought to you what's on tap brought to you by the library sports bar home of monday night football on the huge screen of course now that professional football's over with other than the super bowl i'm sure he'll have the super bowl there sunday Uh, On the big screen, Oxford's most popular watering hole on the square, 120 South 11th. Ah, never mind. Everybody knows where the library is. Um, The men's basketball team uh, got a little slump going, a couple of losses, tough ones, but against really good teams. Yeah, and,
4: and, you know, it's still January, Chuck. I mean, there's a time, you know, it looks like maybe they've hit a wall. Certainly the Devontae Shuler injury has probably played a part in that. Uh, even though he's still out there giving it everything he's got but uh, again it, it's still January you've got February left to go and there's a there's a, a good chance I think for this team to get hot again.
3: oh I do too I do too and and like you say I think uh, hitting a wall might be pretty appropriate but also I thought they kind of caught a, a couple of buzzsaws. Alabama was real mm-hmm. motivated over there at Alabama and and I'm gonna tell you, Iowa State may be the best team I've seen in the Pavilion in the in the short years as the Pavilion's been open. I
4: tell you what, they had a little bit of everything. They could do it mm-hmm. all well. And uh, buzz saw. That's yeah. that's a good word to and describe. And
3: number three, Shayok, their six six guard. I think he's NBA bound, and I don't say that about a lot of guys in college because I'm I'm not a real good judge of that. But I think that cat's got NBA talent. Iowa State
4: certainly a, a a very good opponent for Ole Miss. It's uh you know, it was disappointing the way the way the game played out right there, but a lot of basketball left to play. This is a big week for Ole Miss. Yeah, it week. is.
3: It is. They got uh uh Florida Wednesday, five thirty mm-hmm. and then host Mississippi State, who I'm sure is gonna have blood on their mind. Yeah. A little revenge and they're playing pretty good basketball right now. They beat Auburn the other night. Uh, that's Saturday at 2.30, I think. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be a real key game for the Rebels moving forward as well. Florida looks beatable, but down there you never know.
4: Never know what's going to happen in Gainesville, and Ole Miss fans are are more familiar than most with with Mike White and what he's doing down there, former Ole Miss Rebel. Uh, Always has Florida a competitive club, and, and that'll be a
3: tough game. No question. We'll be right back. Gonna talk a little bit of recruiting and have uh, Jack Schultz Old Miss Sports News after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors and Mississippi Rebel Yo hotline. Hang tight. Ah.
5: Our customers have trusted us for over 60 years, and we're proud to continue serving you. Shop our inventory online 24-7 at NobodyBeatsTheCannonDeal.com, or stop by our dealership on Highway 6 West to test drive the new family-sized Chevy Suburban, the confident Chevy Tahoe, and the dependable Chevy Silverado. And remember, when the smoke clears, Nobody Beats a Cannon Deal, nobody. Chevrolet Find Your Road.
6: If you own an SUV or light truck, finding the perfect tire just got a whole lot easier. Let Gateway Tire and Service Centers show you what the Geolander ht go 56 can do for your daily drive. Thanks to an advanced all-season compound and unique tread features, it is one of the longest-lasting light truck tires on the road. See them today at Gateway and find out about the 70,000-mile warranty. Check out the new Geolander ht go 56 at Gateway Tire and Service Center and see what could be the perfect tire for your light truck or SUV.
0: Millions of little moments make our lives whole. From the moment your heart melted, say hi to your baby girl, to the moment your heart dropped, he proposed, Mom! At Seaspire, we get it. For that, my little girl's getting married moment. You're texting everyone, aren't you? No. <laughs> Maybe. Moments like this inspire everything we do. Seaspire, customer inspired. For a limited time, take up to $500 off a new smartphone when you switch. See for details.
4: The farm provides us with many things, and it means many things. From crops to cattle, poultry, and timber, the farm is vital to our everyday lives. It's a place to enjoy the outdoors and where many traditions are born. Whatever the farm means to you, let First South Farm Credit finance it. We're ready to help you make your dream of land ownership Are farming your own land a reality? Visit FirstSouthland.com, equal housing lender.
1: This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline.
3: ZZ Top coming back in here. David, I went to see them this summer in South Haven yeah. in, a, in an outdoor concert up there at the amphitheater they got in South Haven. And I am going to tell you what, I think those guys are better than they were when they were younger, and they are close to 70 years old. Look, the last
4: time I saw them was 1996 down at the big circus tent in Jackson when it was yeah. orange and yellow uh-huh. and all that good stuff, and they were old then.
3: <laughs> so I got, That's I got, 22 I, years ago No kidding, long time ago <laughs> no, 23 years ago, this but, is 2019
4: But I take your word for it Billy Gibbons and yeah. those beards are aging very well
3: Yeah, they can still play now Alright, uh, let's go to the control room Jack Schultz, Ole Miss Sports News Take it away, Rhino
1: It's time now for Ole Miss Sports News Brought to you by Rebel Rags On Jackson Avenue, Oxford Tell them
2: about it, Molly
0: Rebel Rags, anything Ole Miss.
2: Well, it was a rough week for the Ole Miss basketball program. After spending two weeks in the top 25, Kermit Davis's team dropped both of its games last week. The Rebels lost by 21 at Alabama on Tuesday night before suffering a 14-point loss to Iowa State in the first ever top 25 matchup in the Pavilion. The schedule doesn't get any easier from here. Ole Miss travels to Florida for a 5.30 p.m. tip-off on Wednesday and then hosts a Mississippi State team that will be looking to avenge its 81-77 loss in Starkville. The Rebels are 14-5 and overall, 4-2 and in the SEC, with 12 games remaining on the schedule. The women's team also struggled last week, losing at Vanderbilt and at Mississippi State. They host Auburn and Texas A&M on Thursday and Sunday, respectively. In other Ole Miss sports news, the athletic department announced a four-year contract extension for soccer coach Matt Mott. The Rebels have made the NCAA tournament in three of the last four seasons under Mott. He holds a 98-71-20 overall record in nine seasons in Oxford. Baseball season is just 18 days away. Can you believe it? Mike Bianco's team begins the season with high hopes once again, ranked number 10 nationally. Wright State comes to Oxford the weekend of February 15th, 16th, and 17th for the first weekend series of 2019. Junior closer Parker Caracci earned his fourth All-American honor of the preseason today, this time from Baseball America. He highlights a deep and talented pitching staff for the Rebels this season. That's the latest news in Oxford. I'm Jack Schultz, back to Chuck and Yancey.
3: All right, thank you, Jack. Uh, David, let's let's talk just about we got about six minutes to talk about a little bit of recruiting uh, from this past weekend. I know you were out there uh, interviewing the kids that were in and uh, Lakeya Henry.
4: Yeah, Lakaya Henry. He is the uh, nation's number one ranked JUCO inside linebacker. He's out of Dodge City, Kansas Community College, a native of Vidalia, Georgia. And uh, Henry committed to Tennessee back last spring, right after he had taken an unofficial visit to Ole Miss. Uh, As a matter of fact, it was the very next day. And he stayed committed to the Volunteers all the way until earlier this month. Fortunately, and I would say wisely, Ole Miss maintained relationships with LaKya Henry, which put them right back in the thick of things. He came into Oxford this weekend for his official visit. I spoke with him yesterday, Sunday, before he left campus. He said right now things are tied between Ole Miss and Arkansas. Now, he took his official visit to Arkansas back in November. Chad Morris and that crew will be in to see him this week. Uh, to try to offset maybe some of the uh, gains Ole Miss made with him over the weekend. Now, the Ole Miss coaching staff will will fly out to Dodge City, Kansas. The entire defensive staff is what Lakaya Henry is expecting. Mike McIntyre, John Sumrall, Freddie Roach, the whole crew in Dodge City on Wednesday, according to him, to come out and see him. Now, Matt Luke's already done his in-home with Lakaya's mother and Lakaya himself, so he won't be there, but the defensive staff will be. Now, the caveat to it all Chuck, is that he says Ole Miss and Arkansas are tied at the top. He's going to take an official visit to Texas this weekend. And um, he said, you know, I can't say Texas is tied at the top because I haven't been to Austin yet. So we have that to weather before National Signing Day with LaKya Henry. But, you know, there were a lot of red rumps and disappointment when when Ole Miss didn't get N'Kobe Dean, the five-star linebacker out of Horn Lake, Mississippi who ultimately signed with Georgia back during the December early signing period. But if you want to look at things, and everybody knows the Ole Miss defense needs some immediate help from a personnel standpoint, particularly at linebacker. LaKya Henry is the guy who is probably going to give you the quickest help uh, right off the bat. He, 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 he's physically mature. He's got a big physique. Um they want to play him next to Momo Sinago in Mike McIntyre's 3-4 defense. And, uh, you know, sometimes you uh, you have to uh, thank God for unanswered prayers, maybe. Um, LaKai Henry probably isn't on the table for Ole Miss right now had they signed Kobe Dean back in December.
3: Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Uh, quickly, we got three minutes uh on Ealy, Jonathan Mingo, Amonti Spivey, the Darius Cox. What's your thoughts uh, on those four guys? Yeah,
4: well, we can start off with On Ely. Of course, he was on the Ole Miss campus over the weekend for his official visit. He's taken an official visit to Clemson and Mississippi State. Former Ole Miss commit, he opened things up back earlier this month. Before he took his official visit to Clemson, which Dabo Sweeney, by the way, will be in Jackson tomorrow to do his in-home with Jerry on Ely. Ole Miss set to go down there on Wednesday. Jerry on told me that this afternoon. Um, so you know, really, Chuck, it looks like a three-horse race, but don't count Alabama out with Jerry on Ely because he's going to take an official visit there this coming weekend, and uh, I'm sure Nick Saban will find his way to Jackson at some point this week as well. So Ole Miss, Clemson. Alabama, Mississippi State still on the table for Jerry On Ely. Mingo? Jonathan Mingo remains committed to Ole Miss. Now, he's been committed to Ole Miss right. like, since July 31st. Uh, long time Ole Miss commit. He did take an official visit to Mississippi State last weekend. We'll go to Georgia this weekend, maybe. He says it's still on the table. We'll see if he cancels it or not.
3: In it with Cox?
4: In it with Cox. Uh, Cox committed to Tennessee still right now. I think he ends up at either Ole Miss or Auburn.
3: In it with Spivey?
4: Absolutely. Spivey's a commit to Arkansas right now, but uh, he's not talking after his Ole Miss visit. Could be a good sign for the Rebels.
3: All right. We'll be right back with Kermit Davis Jr. after these wonderful, excuse me, important messages from our wonderful sponsors <laughs> on the Cannon Motor Mississippi Rebel Yale Hotline. Hang tight.
5: Cannon. Our customers have trusted us for over 60 years, and we're proud to continue serving you. Shop our inventory online 24/7 at deal.com or stop by our dealership on Highway 6 West to test drive the new family-sized Chevy Suburban, the confident Chevy Tahoe, and the dependable Chevy Silverado. And remember, when the smoke clears, nobody beats a Cannon deal. Nobody. Chevrolet, find you road.
6: If you own an SUV or light truck, finding the perfect tire just got a whole lot easier. Let Gateway Tire and Service Centers show you what the Geolander ht go 56 can do for your daily drive. Thanks to an advanced all-season compound and unique tread features, it is one of the longest-lasting light truck tires on the road. See them today at Gateway and find out about the 70,000-mile warranty. Check out the new Geolander ht go 56 at Gateway Tire and Service Center and see what could be the perfect tire for your light truck or SUV.
0: Millions of little moments make our lives whole. From the moment your heart melted, say hi to your baby girl, to the moment your heart dropped, he proposed, mom. At Seaspire, we get it. For that, my little girl's getting married moment. You're texting everyone, aren't you? No. <laughs> Maybe. Moments like this inspire everything we do. Seaspire, customer inspired. For a limited time, take up to $500 off a new smartphone when you switch. See ccspire.com for details.
6: A Van diamond is chosen for its excellence, brilliance, and fire. A Van mount is then chosen for its intricate craftsmanship and detailing. Whether the mount is a beautiful crafted piece from the past or a specially designed piece from the present, the results are the same. Wow. When you want to say forever, say it with class, say it with love, but most of all, say it with a Van Ackens diamond because you know she's worth it. Van Ackens Jewelers, store at downtown New Albany or vanackens.com.
1: This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline.
3: All right, welcome back to Cannon Motors, Mississippi Rebel Yellow Hotline. We're really pleased now to have Kermit Davis, Jr., the men's basketball coach. Uh, coach, how are you tonight, buddy? I'm doing
7: good, guys. Yeah. Good to be with
3: you. Thank you, my man. I appreciate it. And we don't, we don't only have you when you have wins now. we got to have you when you lose a couple, too. And, unfortunately, this past week was a, a tough week with a, a, a hot Alabama team and an extremely hot Iowa State team who shot lights out.
7: T.C. and Arizona. Played great. Played like a desperate team. Uh, And then the Iowa State team, we played some great teams this year. And that particular day was the very best team that we played. And looked like a Final Four team out there for about 40 minutes.
3: No question. Kermit, it seemed like uh, the inside game for a while there was improving, but in the last couple of games it appears – that it has kind of st- taken a step back. Uh, how do you ramp that up, or do you agree with that assessment?
7: Well, Don and Bruce have both made a lot of progress, and they were great against Arkansas. Usually what we've had is we've had one of them that will always play well, and uh, they only got in foul trouble or something like that. So, you know, that particular week, you're right. They were not at their best. Uh, they didn't get much out of them, they both come back. And that's a good, a good day of practice uh, today. We twice this morning at seven and tonight. I mean, excuse me, this afternoon. So I expect those guys to bounce back and hopefully play better.
3: How is uh, Devonte's foot affecting your rotation? I mean, he's playing a lot of minutes, which surprises me. But is it is it in the back of your mind when you're trying to sub and, and get your you know your right group out there for the time
7: you know Devontae's foot has made some progress guys I mean he's he's getting healthier in the x-ray right. the x-ray it, you know periodically and it's healing and so it's probably the best that that he has felt and that's a great sign you know and I thought he looked better on it against Iowa State you know the previous three games he's kind of limped around and uh thought oh, that's not putting him back in the game very much against Alabama probably helped that, and so but he you know he practiced uh, today you know both times, and so I think he's getting
8: better.
4: Coach David Johnson here, I, I just want to ask you about the crowd at the pavilion. I, I mean the last couple of ball games have been absolutely electric. How important is that home court advantage that that building gives you guys, particularly as you head into the month of February?
7: Well, I mean, it's just you know we asked the the fan base to come with us early, and what they did, and all I can say is thank you. And I think it just it just exemplifies what you guys know better than me, and it's the old Miss spirit. It's what I'm getting to know, and uh, you know, and the whole thing kind of a test of a fan base early is that you would win a bunch of games, you beat Auburn, and you come back, and you had a good win against Arkansas, you know, but you, you lose a couple and The fan base stay with you, and so I think that's. That's important, and uh, they, they've been tremendous. Uh, that's what I'm probably most disappointed when I leave that arena after, like, Iowa State. You know how hard the fans tried, and it just didn't work out for them. But there's going to be plenty of, of really good times in that pavilion, and, and they do. And I promise you what they are expecting. I know they've they not affected the outcome. I know they tried like heck. But all the recruits that we're bringing these games, they are so impressed, and they just say, holy cow, this atmosphere is as good as anywhere that we've ever been.
3: Coach, give us a a progress report on on your two freshmen. You're playing a lot, Blake Henson and KG, KJ KJ Buffin. Are they progressing the way you would like them to, or or, or beyond what you thought, or, or or what's going on with them?
7: Yeah, both of them are playing as well as they played. And uh, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a guy that thinks the freshman wall is a is a big forest. You know, and uh, ask on Williamson about the freshman wall. R.J. Baird. I know those guys are talented and one-and-done guys, but you know, Blake Kenson just didn't play as well. I love Blake. Uh, he did practicing as well. Uh, he's kind of rela- relaying his game. If he makes a three, does he play well? And he's having more defensive breakdowns than than he's ever had, and uh, two or three of them led right to open threes each other day, and so he needs to play better because, you know, at this point in time, guys, I mean, Blake, I've started him every game, so the coach has a lot of confidence in him, and uh K.J. Buffin. They, 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 both these guys have had great times. It helped us win a lot of games. But K.J. buffin has got to play better. He's got to be stronger around the rim. Uh, he can't turn the ball over so much. And I've individually met with these guys. You know, we do that a lot, and with our staff and myself. And so, you know, a lot is expected from those guys. They get that kind of role. So, yeah, we need them to play, play better going forward.
3: Well, you know, I, I've always gotten tickled with a lot of coaches – KD, and you may be different, but after they play about 20 games, most of them say, well, they're sophomores now, but they're really not. They're still freshmen.
7: They're still freshmen. They're still going through the rigors of the physicality of the league, no doubt. Okay. And, you know, but Blake has started every game, and so he knows by now that I mean, the head coach must have a lot of confidence in him, and so when you do that, then more is expected. A.J. Buffen has played a big role in every game, and uh there's areas there there's just a lot of freshmen around college basketball that play very 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 important roles. Those two guys have really important roles. Uh, we're not going to expect them to be perfect, but they need to keep improving, and uh, so that's something we're going to work toward every single day in practice.
3: Coach, it seems to me that uh, when our when our guards get off to a good start, our team gets off to a good start, and we get in a early rhythm that that we're going to win. But when we don't. It seems like we kind of struggle when we get behind. Has that been your assessment as well?
7: We're struggling early. We didn't, we didn't struggle when we got behind. You know, we got behind Biggit Butler and came back. Got behind double figures in each half against Mississippi State and came back. Well, while we're struggling behind now, we won't guard anybody. And we don't guard anybody, it's hard to come from behind. And uh, so that, that's our biggest thing. And so I just think our trainer guy, Brian Tyree, He's an excellent offensive talent. He's got to guard better. We've spent a lot of time on it. Uh, Terrence Davis has just got to guard better. I think Devontae, he's, he's doing better. His help has limited him a little bit. But all three of those guys, a lot is expected offensively, but, you know, they've got to guard. And so those are things, especially when you get on the road, you get down eight or ten, and I tell, and I agree with you, no doubt. I mean, those guys get in offensive rhythms, and they're fun to watch. But, you know, our team has gotten down I and mean, then came back and have won some mm-hmm. games, and, and that's what we've got to do. We've we, we got to get so much better on the defensive end.
3: All right. I like it. Give us a quick uh, Florida rundown, Coach. Wednesday at 530. Uh, what do you expect out of them?
7: Yeah, I mean, Mike's team's always play extremely hard. Uh, really talented guards, Hudson, uh, Kevon Allen. Uh, they're starting a couple freshmen. They're really good players. You know, they're just <laughs> – the last-second shot they lose to South Carolina at home. Led Mississippi State nearly the entire way. They could easily be 5-1 and in the SEC, just like a lot of people can say that. Uh, they played a really, really hard non-conference schedule. Got beat against TCU in the Big 12 Challenge. Uh, Tennessee game, they're up two with about three or four to go get beat. Uh, Michigan State at home right there at the very end, you're beating a tight one. So it's a really good team. It's a good team. It's just like an NCAA tournament team that can win games. And we've got to go and play really, really hard play well, play smart, and uh, to give ourselves a, a good opportunity to win that game in the last five minutes.
3: And since we're on, since we're a weekly coach, and I know you don't like to skip over games, but we need a big crowd in here Saturday at 2.30 for Mississippi State because I know they're going to have revenge on their mind.
7: Yep, and another, another team that had a great win against Auburn. I mean, the game is already sold out, which that's great. And uh, a tribute again to our fans. I think those tickets will be really hard to come by. And uh, we just can't wait. Perfect timing. That 11 o'clock is pretty early, but 2.30 on a Saturday afternoon is in everybody's wheelhouse. I know it's going to be an unbelievable environment uh, against a really good Mississippi State team. If anything like that first game, that was an unbelievable college basketball game.
3: It really was. I was there. That was a war, no question. Uh, Coach, good luck, Wednesday, and thank you for your time as always. Uh, And uh, get them back on track, bud.
7: You got it, man.
3: Thanks for having me on. See ya. Thank you. Kermit Davis Jr., David, uh little lull here, a couple of games uh, against two good teams, Alabama on the road and Iowa State here. Uh, and I was I was warned previously that Iowa State was really good. Uh, yeah. I watched a little bit of them beating Kansas down, beating them 16 at home, Yeah. and I said, that's going to be tough. But and, I didn't think they were as good as they were.
4: And Kermit knew it going into that game yeah, as well. Did. He, he absolutely knew what he was facing with Iowa State.
3: He did. He did, for sure. Uh, Rebel Flashback, Brianna, brought to you by Abner's famous chicken tenders. Locations in Oxford, off the square, that's the original, Tupelo, Memphis, and Brandon. Being a college sports fans at the majority of schools is like riding a roller coaster. Up in the clouds, smothered in winds one day, drowning in losses the next, unable to conjure, cajole, beg, bar, plead, or steal a victory. Sure, there are exceptions to that rule within athletic departments at some schools, like Alabama football and Duke basketball, come to mind quickly. But those schools have sports that hit rough patches here and there as well. Alabama's not good at everything, and Duke certainly isn't. Everyone wants a high level of consistency, but that seems harder and harder to achieve as competitive as college athletic environment is. Right now, the Rebs are in a down cycle. We've got a dash of hope with men's hoops thanks to the coaching of first-year coach, Kermit Davis Jr., his staff, and some gritty players. But beyond that, for now, things look tough until baseball rolls around and then we can lift our spirits again, or at least that's what the pollsters tell us. The good thing, it's always cyclical. What you're bitching about today, you'll be praising tomorrow. Just blink a few times and the Rebs will be at the apex again soon. History says it's inevitable. Rebel Flashback brought to you by Abner's famous chicken tenders. You know, and, and, uh, I mean, we got to be honest. We've, we, we, we're not hitting on all cylinders right now, but, uh, we've just come through a heck of a, I don't know what you want to call it no. uh, with the NCAA, and now I, th- I think we're coming out of it. The, the thing about college athletics,
4: and, and Ole Miss fans can attest to this: things change quickly, almost seemingly overnight. So
3: that the, those good times you, you
4: speak of, they're, they're never far away.
3: That's right, and we've got a taste of that with Kermit's team. Mm-hmm. I hope they come back now, and like you say, there's a lot of basketball to play, and then baseball. I'm real optimistic about that. And speaking of that, we got Carl Lafferty coming on at 630, and we're going to talk to him about baseball. They had their first inter-squad game over the weekend. We'll be right back after these important messages from our wonderful sponsors on the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yale Hotline. Hang tight.
1: This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline.
3: Welcome back, Cannon Motors, Mystical Rebel W Hotline. We're now very pleased to have pitching coach Ole Miss Rebel baseball team, Mr. Carl Lafferty. Carl, how you doing, buddy?
8: Doing good. How are you guys?
3: We're doing good. Uh y'all gonna y'all gonna try to take a day off tomorrow, I see, where this weather's gonna get cold.
8: <laughs> yeah, it's uh we, uh, we strategically scheduled, or scheduled around Mother Nature, so we had a, you know, a really nice day. I think it was you know, 55, or maybe even up to 60 degrees, so we were able to get out on the field and get some good work in.
3: That was good today, then. Um, Inner squad over the weekend, first one, what stood out for you?
8: Uh, well, I mean, I, the first day our defense was spectacular. I think we turned five or six uh, you know, double plays. Uh, you know, first day seeing live pitching, I think the offense was a little bit on its heels and, uh, you know, Etheridge and Roth looked great. And then, uh, you flip to the second day where you had some guys swing the bat. Uh, Chase Cockrell, you know, hits a couple home runs and, uh, um, they get after a little bit offensively. So, uh, much what you would expect on the, uh, you know, the first time out because we haven't had, you know, a ton of practice time, you know, with them leading up to the inter squad day. So, um, uh, some bright spots, but definitely some things to, to work on as we move forward.
3: Any pitchers uh, past Etheridge who jumped out at you? Uh, you know, the reason I say past Will is because Mike was on our show two weeks ago, and he, he basically named Will the Friday starter. Uh, but beyond that, he was very noncommittal. <laughs>
8: well, I think there were some guys that were that were good. You know, Gunnar Hoagland threw the ball really well. Uh, Austin Miller had a terrific outing, threw the ball well. Um, and this time of year, you know, they've got three outings, basically with a full receptor rotation. But um, there's a there's kind of a steep learning curve. And, uh, you know, there, there's baseball shape. And so, like, you look at guys the first weekend, and, of course, you, you know, any coach wants to see them throw really well. Uh, but I think, you know, when you, you look at some of the outings that the, the guys had, they may have been a little rough with their command or, and maybe it was chilly and their stuff wasn't quite as good as what it would be. So, uh, we know that there will be a lot of progress over the next couple of weeks and even into the bullpens today. I thought some of the bullpens we had today were really good. You know, I thought Parker Grace would do the ball great. Uh, you know, as good as I've seen him throw, you know, this year from the fall into the spring. So, um, you know, there, there's a, a lot of, uh, uh, prospects out there. Uh, again, I think that's the challenge for, uh, for us, you know, moving forward is, uh, how all the pieces on the mound uh will be put together, you I mean who will be in the starting roles uh who will be in the the relief roles, and and how all those you know pieces sit and certainly that'll change over the uh the course of the season but uh that's the the thing we hope to you know figure out the next couple weekends.
4: call David Johnson here. When we talk about SEC arms races and and things of that nature, a lot of a lot of times, first thing that pops in in fans' minds are, are, are the football programs. But there are some incredible baseball facilities in the Southeastern Conference. Swayze Field, obviously, no exception to that. Can you kind of give us a brief synopsis of some of the new things over there and and how it helps you guys as a program and particularly in recruiting?
8: No, and it's, uh, you know, we're very fortunate, first off. Uh, we have an amendment and a fan base that supports the heck out of baseball. And that's, you know, that's exciting for us as the staff. And I think that obviously can, can show up in recruiting. And as far as the new facility we've built, um, I mean, I think all our fans, you know, see what our game to the atmosphere is like as far as the, uh, the support that we have, that the energy that's in the crowd. And that is awesome, you know, for recruits to see. Uh, but the the second half of that is, you know, what these players and these these recruits would experience on a day to day day to day basis, meaning the locker room that they would be in, the batting cages, the, the pitching indoors, all the facilities that they would use, you know, for player development. And uh, you know, our administration, they were awesome. Uh, they they had an idea to put. Uh, all the player development facilities under one roof. So when you show up here, you've got a brand new locker room. I think that would rival any in our league. Uh, you have a uh, you know a hitting indoor and a pitching indoor uh, right down the hall from it. Uh, our trainer has a new facility so our guys can get the best treatment. Uh, then upstairs we've got I think uh, the biggest and best you know weight room in all of college baseball. Uh, it overlooks the field and that's uh, you know right outside our nutrition center so our guys can fuel up before and after working out. And then even our, uh, our new meeting room and new players lounge, that you know, um, it just a space for the guys to hang out. And then also a place for us to meet and do film review and uh, a lot of the you know, day-in, day-out stuff that goes into baseball season as well as training. So I think it's super unique uh, in the fact that everything for them is under one roof. They don't have to walk outside or go across, the, uh, across campus everything is right there and um of course i mean it's got a ton of wow factor it's it's a it's a massive facility um but it's uh, it's really designed well and it's it's sharp
3: coach uh, back to some of the players how is how you know we all know that cooper johnson is in his third year and and you know he was behind nick last year but he, but he actually played quite a bit. But in your mind, as a former catcher, how, how's he handling the pitchers? Uh, I know he's a good defensive player. We know he's got a great arm. Uh, but, but how's he handling the pitchers? The relationship between pitchers and catcher.
8: No, I think he does a, a great job with that. I think it's been a you know a process for two. And like uh, like anyone, is a there's a, a maturation process from freshman. To junior year and being in the league and, and competing in the Southeastern Conference, uh, you start to learn that you know certain pitchers need certain things. Some of them need a, a pat on the back and a hug, and some of them need to kind of be kicked in the rear end. And you know the the confidence or the way a guy feels and uh, you know out as much as anything. And so when you talk about a catcher handling a staff, it's how do you handle the different personalities and the different moods to keep them you know on par with what where they need to be mentally to have success on the field. And I think he's grown tremendously. Uh, I think Cooper's really started to understand that. And, uh, you know, he's done a good job of relating to the young guys. And, and of course, he's built a lot of relationships with the returner. So uh, it's something that's, uh, you know, been obvious this fall and spring.
3: Talk to us a little bit about uh, Mike was all over the place kind of when we, when we talked about, you know, who who were the potential Starting outfield might be uh there's so many good candidates now, but who who are you looking to kind of rise the cream rising to the top
8: well that's a that's a tough one i mean I think the the good thing we have is uh you know we have a lot of competition um I know that people uh you know look and go gosh, you got so many good returners and guys that have had success, and that's all true um but as as much as we know that uh You know, maybe the past struggles, uh, you know, aren't indicative of struggles in the future, like we saw last year with our offense. I think past success doesn't guarantee future success. And so, uh, what I mean by that is, I think it keeps you know that offense hungry. Uh, They are very talented. There are are guys that I think are going to have terrific years, and I think we can have uh, one of the better offenses in the country. But uh, part of what makes it good is the competition. And so when you start talking about the outfield, I mean the usual suspects are out there from um, you know Olenek and Dillard, and you know Gindler has emerged and had a uh, you know a great uh, a great fall, and obviously building off of a good summer. But you know guys like Tim Elko and you know even Cockrell, uh, Anthony Servidio is not afraid to slide out there. Uh, I think there's a lot of different pieces and looks that you can give just to. You know, to move things around. So uh, as coach always does, he's gonna he's gonna run several guys out there playing several different positions uh, in the first part of the season just to find the best nine. You know the the guys that are that are playing and performing the best to you know help us win a game. So I wish I could tell you, um, and I'm not trying to be coy cool or or you know tongue in cheek or anything like that. I mean I just think that it's there's there's a lot to be you know to be determined in these next couple weeks of practice and then those you know, those pre-conference games that we play for the first
3: four weeks of the season. Coach, uh, going back to your area of expertise the, uh, on the mound, uh, we know Caracy's going to be the closer, uh, but who, who, are, who are some prime candidates for uh, set-up men, and, and do you have any lefties you like out of the pen?
8: Well, I mean, I think we have some good left-handed pitching. Uh, I think that's the, the thing where, you know, if Coach said, we feel like Will Etheridge is going to, you know, be in one of those starting roles. But there's really three other starters that you got to figure out, um, maybe even four depending on if you're playing two midweek games. So uh, we've got some good left-handers. When you look at uh, Hill, McCasey, Fowler, and Phillips, uh, I think those are four very talented left-handed arms. Uh, now, you know, with those guys being starting roles, or those guys being relief roles, I uh, some of them make you both during the course of the season, so you know I think that that all of them offer a nice option out of the bullpen from you know the left-handed matchup standpoint or just have left left-handed, left-handed arm. But I think they're all you know guys that are candidates to start, and I think that's one of the things that we talk about daily in our staff meetings, like or, excuse me, weekly after the you know after the weekends is like who are who are the guys that we think can start, and then how does that fit into the back end of the bullpen and you know, along with Karachi. And so, I mean, you mentioned there's four left-handers, but of course the right-handers are off in Hoagland. Um, you know, those are guys that we're, that we're looking at that could also start. So we've got a, a host of guys. And, and I, like I said, that's a challenge is figuring out how these pieces are going to be put together.
3: We all know that uh, Keenan, Olenek, Kessinger, Dillard, Cockrell, you know, they, those guys are, are proven offensive threats. Uh, uh, who else are you looking at to be a tough out?
8: Well, I mean, you get you you have the seven returning starters. Um, I mean, those guys are obvious. I, I think the the guys that maybe didn't get as much playing time last year, but I think they're going to be terrific players in this program, not only this year but even next year. Are guys like you know Anthony Servideo, um, Tim Elko, Carl Gindel? I think they're really you know poised to. To break out and, and have great years uh I think you've seen some you know some freshmen uh like Kevin Graham. I think he has a chance to you know be a really talented offensive player uh and even not Foster, he's all banged up right now, uh but yeah, he had a good fall between the bat and and obviously in uh catch and throw. uh so he's exciting but uh, again, I know I'm probably you know missing guys, but when you start factoring that in off with cooper and you know the seven other guys that return, I think there's a um a lot of exciting possibilities. I, I, I'm, I'm the lowly assistant. I'm not the guy that has the right to right the lineup. So I'll let, them, I'll let him scratch his head on that
3: one. Yeah, I hear you. But at least, it, you know, it's, it, it's, it's so exciting to hear about uh, just a plethora of candidates, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, on the mound, around the infield, in the outfield, behind the plate. I mean, you got options.
8: We do. And I think competition is good. I think that's what all coaches want. Uh, Because it keeps, you know, keeps guys on on edge. And, um, you know, certainly that will be the thing, you know, moving forward in, in, like I said, the first four weeks. And Mike has always been great with that, especially the non-conference schedule of rotating guys in and out, getting guys' looks um, on the mound, and obviously, you know, offensively. So uh, it'll it'll be neat because, you know, of course, when you turn the lights on and you bring the guys in with the other uniforms, it's you know, guys respond differently. And so on the mound, we've got some new faces. We've got you know, there's there's six guys, the three junior college arms that we brought in, of course those three freshmen that I mentioned that the Daisy Hogland and Hill and like the UK Ph. Phillips, uh Broadway and, and Myers. And so we haven't had a chance to see them against uh, you know, FCC opponents or uh Division One opponents. So that'll be exciting. But uh, you know, certainly some uh some pieces there and um Optimistic about the, the club and just
3: ready to get going. You know, uh, our guy Ben Garrett, who covers uh, baseball for the Old Miss Spirit 247 Network, he, he mentioned to us early in fall about Gendel, and then you've reiterated that, and Mike reiterated Gendel. Give, give us a, a brief synopsis of his game.
8: Well, I think that the biggest thing for Carl you know, this year is he's, he's played like himself um, meaning the kids that we went out and you know, watched in High School and recruited. Now, you know, freshman year is a is a transition period for a lot of kids. I mean we've, we've seen it, you know, year in and year out. Some guys, you know, really take to it and, you know, make that adjustment quickly. Some guys it takes a, a year or so. And the thing with Carl is he's an elite runner, talking about a guy that runs a you know, six three sixties, a four one down the line, uh, can track the ball down in the outfield and I think that's one of the things he did uh, you know, the coach, you know, challenged him is um, you know, being a good defensive outfielder, running routes well, uh, and certainly he's done those things. But he's also swung the bat really well. Uh, he's not a tall guy, you know, but he is pretty physical, a guy that can, you know, hit the ball over the fence even or hit it in the gaps and I think he's just had really, really consistent at bats over the course obviously of the summer, but, you know, carrying that over to the fall. So you know, just a dynamic guy that can possibly play center field, can really run. Um, he's Even though he's fast, he has some physicality to him at the play. Uh, just, you know, they really well.
3: Carl, I appreciate your time. One more question before you leave. I'm going to get out of your wheelhouse a little bit. Uh, give me a Super Bowl pick.
8: Ooh, that's a good one. Um, I, that's been a, a topic of debate. Uh, in the office. I I'm gonna be honest with you, I can't go against the GOAT. I'm going Tom Brady, the Patriots all the way.
3: All right. Carl, thank you so much for your time. Appreciate it, buddy. And we're gonna have you on regularly if you don't mind, all during baseball season. We we love your insight and, and uh we appreciate the time you give us. All right, so have a good night. You too. Carl Lafferty, David uh we can always get a little information out of Carl, for sure. He, but like he says now, he's down the totem pole, so Mike makes yeah. the decisions. I,
4: you know, I think about Ole Miss baseball, and I think about the beer showers, but as cold as it's going to be in Oxford tonight, that's, that's kind of a harrowing thought. <laughs> yeah. Thank goodness baseball is still just, just, what, 18 days away, did we say? Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm glad the opening day uh, isn't tomorrow with the Arctic air about to blow in here.
3: I tell you, I'm always about, uh, I, you know, I love returning players. Uh, you know, but I kind of know what they can do. Mm-hmm. I, I'm always looking at you know guys like Carl Gendel and uh, Elko that they're saying having a good year so far. Uh, I want to see Servideo in a daily you know, roll at second base if if he wins from Jacob Adams.
4: It, it it's kind of become routine around here, but great expectations yeah. once again yeah. for that old Miss Baseball program.
3: Yeah, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing some of these young arms too cuz they got a lot of arms and uh, Mike and Carl are claiming they're talented. We're going to see. And we'll be right back with our final segment of the Cannon Motors Mississippi Rebel Yellow Hotline tonight's version anyway. Uh, After these important messages from our wonderful sponsors, hang tight.
1: This is the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. The lines are open at 888-808-8637. And now, back to the Rebel Yell Hotline.
3: All right, welcome back to Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Uh, don't forget, 5.30 Wednesday, Ole Miss versus Florida in Gainesville. Um, you can catch it on TV, obviously, but any of you Florida rebels listening on the World Wide Web, uh, gotta, trick on over to Gainesville.
4: Got to love those 5.30 starts, right, on a yeah. Wednesday, where, yeah. where you've got to break every traffic law in the book to get home in yeah. time for tip-off.
3: Yeah, and then 2.30. Saturday, Ole Miss versus Mississippi State. And I'm sure the Bulldogs are going to come in here with blood in their eyes after what the Rebels did to them in Starkville. Big upset over there. Yeah, that one should be
4: a good one. State's got a tough midweek game, too. They've got to go to Tuscaloosa, I believe. So uh, nothing easy for them.
3: If you want to splurge but you love to save, your timing's perfect. Switch to C and get up to $500 off one of their – Top smartphones, limited time only. For more details, visit cspire.com. cspire customer inspired. All right, let's go to Around the SEC with Mr. Jack Schultz. Take it away, Rhino.
1: It's time for this week's report from Around the SEC, brought to you by Cheney's Pharmacy, home of the Ugly Mug Coffee and
2: TCBY Yogurt, located next to the library on Bramlett Boulevard. The Southeastern Conference generally split its contests in the SEC Big 12 Challenge over the weekend. Georgia won a high-scoring affair 98-88 over Texas, and Texas A&M defeated Kansas State 65-53. The most notable win of the weekend, though, came in Lexington as number 8 Kentucky knocked off number 9 Kansas. Tennessee ranked number 1 nationally, dispatched West Virginia with ease. There were quite a few disappointing results, too, however. Alabama lost at Baylor, Iowa State upset Ole Miss in Oxford, and Florida lost to TCU. The closest game of the weekend was Arkansas' 67-64 loss at Texas Tech. Inside SEC play, LSU beat Missouri by six on the road, and Mississippi State held on for a much-needed win at home against Auburn. Just four teams in the SEC remain in the national rankings. The Volunteers held on to their number one nationally ranked spot, and Kentucky moved up one to number seven. LSU skipped from twenty-five all the way to number nineteen, and Mississippi State held serve at number twenty-two. There will be several classic rivalries played on Saturday this week. Ole Miss hosts Mississippi State at the pavilion. The Rebels already won the first contest between the two in Starkville 81-77. Kentucky travels to Gainesville to face Michael White and the Gators of Florida, while Auburn is reeling and hosts Alabama for an 8 P.M. tip. The Tigers are in desperate need of a win, now just two and four in SEC play. That's all for now. Talk to you next Monday night, Rebel fans.
3: All right. Thank you, Jack. Appreciate it. Um, all right, David, I got to, before I do the good, bad, and ugly to end the show, mm. let's hear your little. I, I'm not an NFL fan, okay? Now, I, I've watched maybe two Super Bowls in the last 30 years, and both of them were Eli Manning's for obvious reasons because Eli was. Was our hero. Yep. But I know that you like the NFL a little more than I do. I
4: wouldn't say. I'll tell you what. I'm pretty much about in the same boat with you there. You
3: Uh, you know, I I
4: remember Eli's two uh, Super Bowls very, very well. I certainly watched every snap of them. Look, it's on in my house. Yeah. All right. I got kids. They're going to have it on. We're going to watch it. Um, I respect everything Tom Brady has done. Mm -hmm. I also think the Patriots were, were very, very lucky to escape Kansas City. Um, and they got a lot of breaks there at the mm-hmm. end of that game. Mm-hmm. I, I did watch that game, by the way. Uh, I'm pulling for the Rams. I'm predicting the Patriots. I always like to pull for the underdog.
3: but um, What is the line? Is there a I, line I, yet? I,
4: yeah, there's a line. I
3: don't know what it is. I'm not a gambler you're, But you're either, saying but, you think the Rams are underdogs. Right? Yeah,
4: I'm sure they are. Um, okay. and, uh, I It wouldn't surprise me if the Patriots win. I'm pulling for the
3: Rams. Okay. Uh, my prediction is I don't
6: care. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I won't even
6: watch it. Well, you're gonna be right.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I watch a little bit of NFL when there's an Ole Miss player involved. Yeah. Uh, you know, and I, I want to watch them. You know, uh, but uh, I don't. I just don't. I just don't watch it. Good, bad, and ugly. Brought to you by Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville, Mississippi. If you need a four-wheeler, a side-by-side, or a lawnmower, Big Delta Power Sports is the only place to shop. Brett Rousey and his staff give you a great deal on the model you want with affordable financing and competitive prices. Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville. Ha, not much good, folks. Braden Thornberry made his tour debut in the Farmers Open at Torrey Pines. And uh, he finished minus four overall tied for 52nd got his first paycheck $16,557 yeah, yeah. $16, uh, for finishing 52nd and the sad part about it is he went into Sunday minus 6, he shot 2 over on Sunday, if he'd have just shot 2 under, he'd have made almost 100 grand wow. uh, well, about 78 actually, uh, but anyway it was a good successful experience for him, um 52nd, made $16,557. I'll take it. Unfortunately, there's not much to hang our hats on in the good department this week. The men's basketball team went 0-2, as did the women's team. Men's tennis lost a match or two, and women's tennis took it on the chin to rank Michigan. It was an O for week for the Old Miss sports, and those are never any fun. In men's hoop, the lack of depth is starting to show, and to be brutally frank about the situation... Unless our men are playing a little above their heads and are pushed to greater heights by a raucous home crowd, wins are difficult to come by. They have to get off to a good start in games and get in an early rhythm to win because they're so guard-dependent and do not have much inside game to lean on when outside shots are not falling. Good, Bad, and Ugly brought to you by Big Delta Power Sports in Batesville, Mississippi. Thank you, David Johnson. Glad to be here. Thank you, uh, Kermit Davis Jr., and thank you, Carl Lafferty, and thank you to all our sponsors and listeners. We'll see you next Monday night on the Cannon Motors of Mississippi Rebel Yell Hotline. Good night.